Good evening. Welcome to uh, a couch session with me and Sonica. When uh, I spoke to someone and said we're going to do a couch session, they were like, dude, that sounds weird. <laughs> sounds like stuff you wouldn't normally do in church. But uh, sitting on the couch, just sitting on the couch drinking coffee, that's what you do on a couch. Okay, so we are, <laughs> it's good to be here tonight. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, you didn't know what I was talking about in any case, huh? so it's all good. Say again? Yes, thank you, AV. Innocent ears. Okay, so um, there's a, a number that's going to appear on the screen. So that you can send an SMS to that number if you have any questions you want to ask. Ask. It's like, ask the Krugers. Why are you laughing? Okay, let me just taste if my Ask an anonymous question. Yes. <laughs> to that number. So quickly, come on, type down the number. Not toll free. <clears throat> I can already see all the naughty people in the house are thinking, I'm so going to ask a question. So give it, come on, give it to us. Okay, so we're gonna, we want to share with you tonight about friendship set on fire. And uh, <clears throat> so we want to share with you, the con the, uh, it's important to get the context, okay? We're not talking about an ordinary future marriage. We're not talking about an okay future relationship. <clears throat> we're talking about a great marriage, a great future relationship. That's, that's what we're talking about. So we're not going to share things tonight that is quite, it's not normal. Come on, let's say it. It's not going to be normal. It's going to be a little bit weird. <laughs> okay, so I'm warning you. Because the kingdom of God is the upside down kingdom. So things look different, seem different. And, you know, if it's some background for, for, from, from us. My parents divorced when I was in primary school. And um, I also say in terms of Sonica's family, maybe, you know, her parents are still married, but it's not necessarily the best marriage ever. It's okay, but it's not a great marriage. You know, so both of our backgrounds is not like, well, we've got five generations of awesome marriages, so now, you know. <clears throat> and, and I can honestly say for us, we have a great marriage. We have, a, we have an awesome marriage. It's not a perfect marriage. She has issues. I do. <laughs> That's a joke. A lot. That's a joke. That's a joke. <clears throat> when, uh, when we got married originally, I was like, uh, I didn't say this, but I was thinking it. Sonica is such a lucky woman. That was, that was where we started. I was dumb. I was arrogant. I was stupid. And then over time, I realized I am the lucky one. Honestly. Honestly. You know, so we start off, you know, we, our, our perception of ourselves and of life and marriage is very messed up. You know, for me, it was very, very messed up. So we had, um, middle last year, August last year, about a year ago, we had a 15-year wedding anniversary. 15 years. So we want to show you some photos. Wow. 
So uh, that's our son, nine-year-old, almost nine-year-old son. So we had a photo shoot. Clinton was our photographer. What a boy! He's key. very expensive. So if you start saving, if you want him for your you wedding very, photographer, very expensive. And uh, okay, next one. So me and my boy. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> often been said, but the best thing parents can do for their children is to love one another. A great marriage is the best thing you can do for the next generation. So we love our little boy. Okay, let's continue. Yes, that's Sonica, most beautiful woman on the planet. That's us. Another one. Yes, we're still smiling. And we're still smiling. We've got this 15 years and still going. Okay, we had a, a whole ceremony. So we had a, a friend, pastor, a friend of mine flying up from Cape Town and to present. We had a chapel and uh, we invited 15. Oh, doesn't she look amazing? You wouldn't think she's still 23. It's amazing. 23. And so we redid our vows, and, and all the other couples also did, uh, redid their vows with us. It was amazing. It was better than our wedding day, and our wedding day was really, really special. So all the couples prayed together and had communion together and uh, made my wife's heart happy. See, guys, we don't do this for ourselves. We do it for, the, for our wives, the wife, but then you win too. So then we had a few dance scenes and other scenes you're not allowed to see. <laughs> license, people. That's what it means. Marriage is licensed for fun. <laughs> and so it was raining a little bit. It was just really awesome. And then you have to end the day off with a selfie. Yes. Uh, so it was really special. It was one of the most amazing days of our lives, just to be able to, to celebrate what God has been doing, you know, and, and, and we can honestly say it's not because we're special or better than anybody else. We just embraced God's way. How many great marriages do you know? I don't know many great marriages out there. But I tell you, God's will is for us to have great marriages, beautiful marriages. <clears throat> and so we want to speak to you about friendship set on fire. So a great marriage is a friendship set on fire. It's something more than just two people existing together. It's like, sorry, it's like your partners for life. And for me and Sonica, that's really a what, what I believe makes a, a, a decent, good marriage a great marriage is when you become partners. You pursue something bigger than yourself. And, and it started for us before we got married. So it, it, it starts right at now for all of you. If you're not married, not, still dating, or you're single, it starts right now. And, and also something that I've realized is that 20 years ago, when we met one another, 1996, end of 1996, we met one another... And uh, she wasn't my type. She wasn't my type. Not she wasn't. At all. <laughs> he was cool. I was uncool. This is why I wasn't his type. <laughs> Jesus just protected her so the other men couldn't see what I was seeing. <laughs> but in the natural, we weren't a great. I wouldn't have thought this would really work. And so I want to encourage you to not look 
with the eyes of the flesh. Because you know, sometimes we're looking for somebody perfect. Don't, because you're going to mess up their lives. Eh? If you find somebody perfect, you're going to mess them up, because eh? you're not. <laughs> so don't go for somebody perfect. But so we want to share a few things about friendship set on fire, but also a few principles, five principles that, 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 that will really help you on this journey. Whether you're single, dating, married, it will, it will work for anybody. Um, but, but yeah, don't, don't look with the eyes, don't look with natural eyes. And then you need to look with the eyes of your heart. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to look at that. I just know, I, if, I had, if I had chosen, I would have messed things up. And so God really knew better. Okay. <laughs> I think for me what stands out from the beginning of our relationship, in spite the fact that we were so, in a sense, incompatible, uh, there were two things, or three things actually, that stood out for me. Because we, we pursued Jesus together, it all made sense. Our relationship actually made sense. If, if Andre did not know God, or if I did not know God, this would have never worked. Because we're very different. Maybe you think we, we in a sense, there's similarities, and they are, but we have grown towards one another. So we had a friendship, and we'll, we'll share more about that as, as we continue. We had a friendship. We actually liked one another's company. And we had a we had a common goal, which was God. And then we had, had actually a dream of doing something bigger than us that was there since ever. I had a dream of doing something bigger than me. Andre had a dream of doing something bigger than him. And together, this thing can work. So I think for me, it is just incredible to see two people being very different. But it works because not because of us. And not because we are doing everything right, but because we have a common goal. We have a common purpose, and we have something that knits us together that is not, it's not a favorite color or a favorite sport. or It's not something in the natural. It's actually God coming and he knits us together, which means that if, if God is the center of your relationship, this is, in a, this is the glue that keeps you together. Okay, so also important to understand is where we're coming from is that, you know, God is the author of marriage. God is the author of relationship. So he gives the context, you know, but the world wants to tell us what relationship is about and then they, they get it wrong. So God is the author. He made man and woman. He designed man and woman. Because that shows you that God has a great sense of humor. Okay, guys, come on, try and figure that one out. You know? <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, you're going to need me. You're going to need me. Yes, yes, Jesus, help, please. First month, honeymoon's over. Jesus, this woman is weird. You know? Because we're, so, we're wired so differently. And that's why the God perspective and context is so important for us. Okay, so we're going to speak from that context. We're talking about a great marriage. It's the upside-down kingdom. Some of the stuff we're going to be sharing with you might be flipped. That is, oh, that's weird, different. It is different. God's way is different, but it works. The fruit is it works. It's really special. Okay, so I want to read this verse 
1 Peter 3 verse 7, just a bit of context. It says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Okay, when you get married, you think of Jesus, help me with that one. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and to being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So that but heirs together of the grace of life. In other words, partners. God wants a man and a woman to be a partner for his glory. You know the songs we sang tonight about God fill the earth with your glory. I tell you when marriages work, when relationships are beautiful, God is glorified. It really is. He really is glorified. It's a, it's a mess out there. Okay, so we're going <clears> to... <throat> so I want to share with the first principle is the power of purpose. The power of purpose. It's one of the key principles. So I was 19 years old. Let me, let me sit closer to my wife. <laughs> I was 19 years old. And uh, it was Sonica's 21st birthday. I always want a more mature woman. <laughs> so, so we went to her birthday, and now three of us guys are driving back from Cape Town to university, Stellenbosch University. We're driving back, and on our way back, the other guys are older. They're like 21, and I'm 19, and we're driving back, and now the guys are like, guys, things need to change. We're getting older we need to like find the one, find the one. And I'm like, yes, I'm 19, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> so we park outside of this hostel. We parked in the car. And one of the guys who's a pastor now, good friend of mine, he like turns to us, guys, we're going to ask God right now. We're going to pray and we're going to ask. And he's going to show us who's the one. So we're like, yes, we're like super serious. This is super serious stuff because I'm getting old, 19. So now my friend, he doesn't mess around. So he's guys, we're going to pray. So we like quick pray, father, show us who, who is the one for each of us in Jesus name. Amen. So we look at one another. Okay. Who, who, who? So with this one guy. He shares his story. He's just saying, I think it's this girl. And we crack up laughing. You're like, dude, she's so out of your league. (laughs) In your dreams, boy. So then the other guy, friend of mine, then he shares his. And he's like, well, one of these three. So he's like, all the the prettiest girls in church. He's like, listen, one of these three. Those three. And then he came to me and I said, I think Sonica. <laughs> I just had this something on the inside pulling me, drawing me to this girl. And I said, we actually not very, weren't very compatible, but it was, it, was, it was her purity that drew me to her. It was like, with my background, I had a stuffed up background, but it was something about the purity within her, the, the godliness within her that was so attractive. I was just drawn to her. And uh, the guys also laughed at me, saying, nah, she's too old for you, and no, no, no. I was like, nah, I think Sonica. 
you know. So that was quite a moment, you know. So I, I realized it's the faithfulness of God because I really feel it was a Lord leading. And, um, but as Sonic and I said already, you know, we, you, you need to find a purpose greater than yourself. Selfish people don't have great relationships. That's just, even, even, even the research people have done, it, it, it's a fact. They, they find people who, who pursue a purpose greater than themselves, they actually have great relationships. So look at this verse, Genesis 1, 27. It speaks again of the, the origin of man and woman. And it says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That means go and have some fun. Be fruitful and multiply. But inside marriage, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish, the birds, and the animals. So God was saying, I've created man and woman for something bigger than just, you know, just have the two of you on your own. It's like, yeah, the two of you, but together doing something, causing God to reign, his kingdom to reign on the earth. So it's more than just having fun. Obviously, we want to have fun, and God wants us to have fun, and it's part of it, but it's about pursuing that greater something. You know, and so, so I've just seen, you know, I've, I've been sharing about this last few weeks as well, about seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. You know, it's like before I became a Christian, I had a few friends, but not close friends. And I dated a few girls, but, you know, it didn't work out so well. But it was something when I became became a Christian, a real Christian, although I went to church previously, but when I gave my life to Christ, I joined the church, and I was on fire for the Messiah. Do you know the result? The result is I became attractive. Not physically, but about my lifestyle. Suddenly, I had way more friends, because I was not bothered about friends. I was like, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, oh, hi, guys, welcome to the party, but let's do Jesus. And the, and the same way, immediately, I wasn't obsessed necessarily with having a girlfriend. It was, just, it was just the freedom that came to my life. You know, when, you, when you're really obsessed with having another one, it messes you up. You know, they say, like, desperation leads to perspiration, and perspiration stinks on anybody. It's just weird if you're too desperate. Ladies, promise you, guys want to hunt for the, for the one, and it must not be too easy. It's like, ah, oh, this one's too easy. I want to, you know, I'm not saying give the guy grief until the end of days, but I'm saying don't, you don't need to be like, Oh, please shoot me. You know, I want to be your girl. You know, I want to. Like the deer, like saying, shoot me. You know, you need to, you need to be secure in who you are. And you have a mission greater than I'm so desperate for someone. Promise you. Can I have an amen? That's a good word. That's a good word. Okay, so. So we sometimes see this as well, even some, you know, two people that maybe have been following God and pursuing God, and then they find the other one, and they get so distracted, and they so lose your way. 
don't lose your way. It's always, there's a greater purpose for every relationship. It's always something bigger. Stay kingdom-minded. Stay kingdom-focused if you want to have a great relationship. Okay. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you about the power of a promise. I received a very interesting word when I was at university about my future husband. It was one of those words you don't really share with anybody else. You write it down and then you park it. I don't know if you have words like that. Yes, I'm planning to explain the word. (laughs) God, God took me to the passage in in Samuel, the book of Samuel, where he was going to anoint King David. And most of you know the story, but when he went to Jesse's house, uh, he he looked at the first guy and he thought this must be the king. And then eventually seven sons passed. And God said to him, no, it's not either one of them. They must must be um, the next one. And so he, he said, okay, but is there another son? So God basically said to me, there will be seven guys who will either pursue you or you will, from your side, think there's potential. It's not going to be any one of them. It's going to be the eighth one, okay? I didn't share it with anybody. It's like it's one of those words where you, people will think you're completely crazy. So I wrote it down, and, I, and, and, and then at that time, God showed me three guys already in my life from my, from my past. I was, I think, second year or first year at university. And I wrote it down, and from, from there, I, I, I had to wait. Even though I, I wrote it down, and I, I tried to forget about it, because it's one of those words where you can easily also miss it, misinterpret it. So I, I wasn't sure at that stage, is this God, or is it not? So, so the years went by, and eventually, I'll, I'll, I'll share the rest of the story later, but it, it was very interesting that Andre actually liked me for about a year and a half before he told me about it. And it was, it was a miracle. Which is a miracle. It is a miracle. For me not to have said anything is a miracle. Because he, he, you see, he would have messed up this words. Because then he, uh, he, was, he was the eighth one, and I'll, I'll tell the rest of the story now. But uh, if, he, if he had spoken to me in, at the beginning of that season where he liked me, he would have messed up this word, okay? Because then he would have been number six or seven or something. I can't remember, but it, it, w- it would not have been number eight. So, but, but that word, for me, just was almost as if God was giving me, he was giving me this promise, almost like a rainbow. It's like something to hold on to. Because I, I, I really felt when I was in high school, that I was not going to date any guy unless I had at least an intention to get married to him. It was, it, it was very radical for that season in my life. Nobody, you know, thought like that. So I had to make a decision whether I'm going to date guys just for having a friend or just having someone or whether I'm really going to wait until God, God shows me the one. And this is what I decided to do. And... This word gave me such confidence, even though, even though it was interesting. And even though it, um, I wasn't exactly sure if this is, I'm hearing correctly, it gave me a hope. It gave me a confidence. So there's just so, so much power in a promise. There's so much power even if you are in a dating relationship and you have a promise. Because there will be seasons 
where things aren't necessarily all moonshine and roses, and then you need a word. There, there should be a friendship. There should be a natural chemistry. But we always encourage people to ask God for a promise or a word or something in your heart that gives you that, that knowing that this is the right person. So there's, there's so many things in terms of a promise. It actually keeps you focused. It's a focus point for your prayer. And it, it just helps you to actually, in a sense, journey through the dif- different seasons and to keep your eyes on God. So this, this promise really made, made a big difference in my life. And also in terms of a promise, you know, I mean, if God is real, then surely he still speaks. And if he loves us, he will guide us in the important areas of our lives. And it's really important to not marry the wrong person. You know, so in the end, it's about being the right person more than anything else. But it's also about, you know, we've we've seen, just speaking to people, sometimes God's no is so much more clearer than his yes. So you might not say, like, you might not see five angels and he, da-da, this is the one. You might not have that, but you might have a sense of uh, something on the inside that says, no, I like this person, but something on the inside is just saying, mm-mm, not him or not her, not the right one. Again, you can in the end marry anybody and you can make it work. But I believe God wants us to, there's a, a plan A and a good plan B and C you know but for us I mean, we were in the same you know and I will share a bit about that in, a more, in, in, in the next bit but just allow God to say the no's to you don't be so desperate that you go down the wrong path he sees 20 years from now he sees and we know people that you know, married maybe the wrong people or maybe married a guy or a girl that they don't want nothing to do with God, but you love Jesus. It's really hard. It's really hard to make that thing work. So, you know, a, a great marriage is a little bit as a taste of heaven on earth. When marriage goes wrong, it's a little bit of hell on earth. It really is. It's better to be single than to marry the wrong person. And I think sometimes we become so desperate for any love, we'll choose wrong love. And that's pain. I promise you, I mean, we're sitting with so many people, we've seen the stories, it's really painful. Okay, so, so don't be so desperate, but, but allow God to lead you. And I think that's where the power of a promise is so important, especially in the waiting season. You need to hold on to that promise to wait for you know, Sonic had to say no to a whole bunch of guys to say yes. No, it, it, would, have, it would have been a big mess up. <laughs> it, it would have been a big mistake if I got involved or married any one of them. It, it would have, unfortunately. We so still I'm talk so... about it sometimes, like I tell her, oh, I'll marry that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Andre when, when we did a holiday outreach holiday resort outreach together. He was at the end of his first year at varsity. I was end of my second year. And he was about five months 
he's, he's given his life to God about five, six months maybe before that outreach. So I looked at this guy, and I, I, I saw a lot of potential, but the actions and the potential didn't match. I was a mess. I was an absolute <laughs> hor- horrible mess. My, so, <laughs> I was a mess. I messed up so much on that, on that, on that team. I had every day... I had to like tell the whole team, guys, I'm really sorry. You see, but that was the problem. <laughs> For what I did. That was the problem. Me pro- and the cook, we had something on. And that was another problem. And we broke up in the middle of this outreach thing. And then I saw her with these knives and things in her hands. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going back to that kitchen. So I was skipping my, my, my duty in the kitchen, and Sonica was standing in for me. I was totally mad, crazy. I don't know, I still don't know why I did it. So he was, he was now um, new in his faith, and he was convinced that he can do anything. Well, that was my observation. He, were, uh, he was convinced that he could I almost do, did everything, yes. He was, he was convinced that he can do anything and just repent afterwards. And then I thought, does he really think this is what Christianity is all about? He's now new to the faith, but surely, you know, um, he can't just do what he wants and then repents. That was his conviction. And then he doesn't pitch for kitchen duty. And he's, he's just, I don't know. I looked at him and I, I thought, how can somebody have so much potential? Because I recognize the potential, but I couldn't figure out how this man is ever going to get his act together. Not that I was interested. I was like, no, this is not my type either. She was. <laughs> she's just denying it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know she was. So what, what, God, what God did say to me in that time, it was another promise in a sense, or another bit of direction, even though I didn't know that I was going to end up marrying this guy, this crazy guy, just doing what he wants and then say I'm sorry afterwards. Uh, God said to me, Sonica, you must give him time. And it, it was a very interesting thing to say to me uh, because I didn't know him from a bar of soap. He was just a new guy in church. Uh, I really uh, didn't like what I, what I saw at that stage, uh, it, not in terms of a relationship. I was, like, not interested at all. And then God said to me, give him time. And I saw that as, you know, just be patient with him in terms of a, a just a, somebody in church just be patient with him he will grow he will mature but it was it was actually a very significant thing that God said to me because it was throughout our whole friendship stage and even our dating relationship that I was reminded of that word give him time and it it changed everything for me because it over time this man changes every year he's closer to Jesus he's more like Jesus and I can I I honestly can say that he is not the same person but he's actively seeking God and I have a new husband every year but that was that was his lifestyle from the beginning even though it was a a disaster in the beginning (laughs) you know it it was just he was he was not he, he wasn't really fitting in with the rest of us he was just and it was in a sense so refreshing because he was just seeking God, fooling, full out, and making mistakes, and bumping his head, but learning from everyone. And when God said to me, give him time, it was a very significant thing for me, because I could see him grow, and I could see him develop. We, we got married when he was 23. So after four years of giving him time, 
He was the man that I said to, I do, you know, I, I will stay married to you for the rest of my life. So within four years, God transformed a very confused young man into somebody that I was willing to marry. And so that, that simple word of just give him time, it, it changed everything inside of me. And I could see what God was doing in him. So the, the principle we want to highlight here is that what you see now is not what you're going to get. What you see now is not who the person is going to be. So guys, I want to say to you, even with Sonica, when, when, we, when I met her, she didn't really look after herself as she does now. In a sense, she didn't I wear makeup. I was very uncool. I told you I was very she, uncool. She wore clothes that her mom made for her. It was really not very cool, honestly, you know, but, <laughs> but it she, wasn't. she, it, she, allowed to say that it wasn't, <laughs> but there was something that happened, you know, when we started to date and when she, when, when I, you see guys, we are princess makers. The woman the woman you start off with is not the woman she's going to be a good man gets a wife who gets beautiful, more beautiful every year. And Sean Sonic is more beautiful every year. You know, so I, I just want to encourage you. So often we're looking for perfection. Don't. Look with the eyes of your heart. See potential the same way girls. You can make a, I, I was a mess. But I tell you, if you just find someone that is in love with Jesus, he's going to change. I promise you. He's going to change. So that's, that's the key. You need someone that's going to follow God. So guys, follow Jesus, man. Now, I shared it with the married people as well. You know, but when you have reunions, school reunions, you know, 10 years in, some of us 20 years in, you know, you meet the people from school, you know, you can immediately discern those who did not turn to Christ. Because those who didn't turn to Christ, they make the same stupid mistakes or stupid jokes and they they're the same they haven't changed but you tell i promise you but the, the the people who turn to jesus they're different it's like hey you're different jesus changed you from the inside out and this is not just this is not just religious talk this is real jesus changes our lives but then you need to pursue christ it can't be like a half-hearted thing you must seek first the kingdom of god Okay, so, so what you see now is not what you're going to get. Guys, you can take a so-called ordinary girl and you can make her extraordinary. I promise you. I've seen this over the years. Ladies who did not look after themselves so well, they find a guy that believes in her and loves her. They transform just with their physical outlook. You know, how they, how they physically look and how they, 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 they value themselves, you know. So come on. Get eyes of faith. The one might be sitting in your row right now. <laughs> My wife's going to kick me soon. Don't do it. Stop it. <laughs> okay, so don't wait for the perfect person. <laughs> okay, so the third principle we want to share is the power of perfected praise. So Sonic and I, we were friends. And... Uh, and I really felt at some stage, like a you know, year and a half into the friendship, I was like, she's the one. So one of my, my roommate is a, is a the 
chauffeur pastor of Johannesburg now, chauffeur Johannesburg, and, uh, and he was my roomie, and I was at some point, Henny, she's the one. She's the one. I just know she's the one. So at that time, um, she was, uh, um, so, so she invited me, asked me to an to a autumn dance. So second term of that year, and I think it was what, 97, 98, I don't know, say 97, 98. And uh, not that it matters anything. But <laughs> so she invited me to a dance, and I was like, she's the one. And uh, so now we're sitting there at the table, and I'm like, she's the and at some point, she, I can't remember her exact words, but it, she said, clear as daylight. She said to me, so nice to come to this dance with you. Because, you know, you're a safe option. You know, it's not like us ever type of thing. It's just like, you know, we're just friends. And I'm like, she's the one. And I was like going up and down emotional roller coaster rides. So, you know, if you know me by now, I'm sometimes quite radical. So I told the Sonica, we need to go outside. I need to pray for you. <laughs> so I took her outside and I prayed for her. Now, what I was doing is the following I was like, Jesus, I'm over women. I'm making like a covenant now. For the next 10 years, I'm not going to look at another woman. I'm going to do Jesus. So I prayed for her. I prayed for her future husband, whatever. I blessed her. And I'm like, this is over. So we went back inside and, and I went on with life. <laughs> okay, but let me tell you my side of the story. <laughs> So just before this dance, it was second term, yes, second term of the year. And the first term, it was I had this uh, friendship with number seven on the list. <laughs> okay, and, and this guy was an interesting guy. You know, he would come and visit me at the hostel, and then he will ask me, Sonica, what did you do over the weekend? Then I would think, I studied most, I studied all the time. So I said, I studied. And then he said, is there anything else that you did? And then I would say, I, would, I did my washing. And it, it was just this awkward. It was, it was if you go to the movies or you do something with them, it was all good. But if, if it was like any kind of uh, 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 conversation, it was awkward. Okay. <laughs> so I've just now been through this thing. It's number seven. It's, I'm the only one who knows about this, who know about this word. I'm, I'm, I'm panicking a little bit because what if number eight arrives on the scene and this is now my husband and I don't even like him. I was like, God, I am avoiding men. I'm, I, if this word, I was, I was just, I was faced with a, uh, with a reality of if this word is of God and I had a suspicion that the word is from God. So now uh, there, there was this dance, and they had to make budget, and they said, Sonica, we need you to come to this dance. We need more people. And I said, if Andre comes with me, I'm coming, but I'm not going with any other guy. I will go with him. He's my friend. And um, <laughs> I, feel so, I feel safe with him. I really did, you see, because if Don't he... you hate that, friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, because when, when Andre visited me, it was very different to this, this other guy. If, if I told him I studied, for some reason, I didn't feel awkward. <laughs> and if I said, no, I did my washing and I studied, he was totally fine with it. I don't know, maybe he thought I'm weird, but he didn't show it. So I, I just felt... This is the one person in terms of a male friend that I can just be myself with. He, he actually, I've, I think I'm uncool, but he doesn't, it doesn't seem as if it's bothering. And so, okay, now we're sitting at this dance. He, he said, okay, well, come with me. And then I mentioned something like, it's so awesome to, that you are with me. Because you know, I can't even remember my own words, but it was like, you are such a safe, I feel so safe with you. And it, you're a safe option, whatever. I can't remember. But <clears throat> what, what you must realize now is I, I, I have this word and I'm not getting involved with any guy if this is not my husband because I was, I was and he doesn't know about the word and he's my friend and uh, I didn't know that this is how it feels because he kept quiet for a year and a half. Praise God, otherwise he messed up my word, like I said. And now in the middle of the dance, he wants to pray for me and I thought that's cool because... This is, this is who he is. He's praying for me. I thought that's really cool. <laughs> praying for my future husband. I thought, is that who was such a good friend? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, then, then um, he, kind of, he kind of made the statement that now for 10 years he's, he's not looking at women. I just laughed at that because I looked at him and thought he's going to get a girlfriend soon. And not me, but... <laughs> I couldn't see him wait for 10 years. This is not his personality. <laughs> so that's, that's my side of the story. <laughs> so anyway, so it was quite a sort of weird. I know there's a bit of, um, out there. I mean, this is not normal. In normal relationships, you like, just like one another, you peace about it, and you go for it. But this is a little bit out of the box. But anyway, so she, she, uh, this, this, uh, the seventh guy was a friend of mine. So I encouraged number seven today. Because I liked her, but I was like, I'm over woman. So I encouraged this other guy, and I said to him, man, y'all go for it, man. Pursue her. I want her to have a good man in her life, but I was just going to do God. I'm just going to pursue Christ. And uh, anyway, so, so I will share the rest of the story in a moment, but just want to read this, Matthew 21, 16. It says, and Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? So the principle here is having first-time experiences every day of your life. Jesus is saying, you know, like a, like a child. Have you seen our child? They like, when they see something, it's like the first time. It's a butterfly. Yes. It's a butterfly. You know, we're like, oh, it's a butterfly. You know? So, yeah, I believe this is one of the principles we need to apply, whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship. It's like... You know, sometimes we become familiar with one another. And if, it's, if she's the one or he's the one, to continuously celebrate the other one. You know, Sonic is the best woman in the world for me. Not for someone else, but for me. She, you know, so I, I need to celebrate. We, we, we mustn't get familiar with one another. But I also want to say to all the, if, you know, if you're not in a relationship yet, celebrate the season of your life. Rejoice. Don't sit and wait. Don't waste the season of your life. Celebrate the season. The Apostle Paul said it's better to be single. Because you can give yourself wholeheartedly to God. 
You can wholeheartedly pursue God. Don't sit and wait. Don't waste your life. The power of perfected praise. Rejoice. Enjoy life. Okay, let's say it. Come on, say it. I'm going to enjoy life. Every season of life. You come on, you need to. And it's also much more attractive. It's more attractive to enjoy life and to sit in a corner and feel sorry for yourself. So shift your focus away from, I'm desperate. Just focus to God. I love you. Thank you for everything you're doing in my life. It's wonderful to know you. Thank you for life and every opportunity. And then live that out. I know it's difficult when you've been waiting for a long time. It, it, it does get challenging. And it's, it is always easier to say that um, when you got married young and, you know, it, it's just been different. But I just want to encourage you that your life is very different to anybody else. Your story is unique. Your story is going to be different to anybody else's story. And this is what you need to hold on to. Whether you... Whether you're still in your 20s or whether you're in your 30s, it's not really what matters. It's about the uniqueness of your life. And that God has got some, somebody in mind for you and that he's preparing that person for you. Amen. See, I, I, had to, I had to make up my mind because I could, get into a relation, I could get into many relationships. I had the opportunity. And I said to, to God, I want to wait and I got married at 24, which is, which is relatively young. And I know for some of you, you've been waiting for a long time. But it's all worth it if your story is going to be according to God's story for you. Mm-hmm. Then it's all worth it. Then the wait is worth it. Yeah. And, and you, you will never again have your relationship with God will never be exactly the same as in your single season after marriage. Okay, it's not as if something goes wrong in your relationship with God. It is just you have another person in your space, okay, where you would normally uh, wake up with God, you go to bed with God. You you have a lot of personal time with the Lord when you're not married. After marriage, it it does change. And this is why the Apostle Paul said it's better not to marry. You know, I, I disagree with him because he missed out. I also disagree. (laughs) I I, I think he missed out big time. But for his calling, he he, he had an understanding of the time that we have is limited. And the moment you add a husband and you add a a child, your life is very different. So I, I remember special times with God when I was single. And my life is now very different. And it's a good difference. It's, it's, it's good. But I, I, I'm, so, I'm so glad that I have embraced my single season with everything in me. Because it was me and God, and we were on a journey, an adventure together. And I loved it. And maybe for some of you, your journey has been longer than mine. But don't, don't uh, get frustrated with this journey. Because your journey will change sometime. And then your, your single season will be forever over, and it will be different. So embrace this time, even if it, if it goes on for longer. Yes, so and I want to add something. There's a story I often share. I share with married couples as well. About a year ago, there was a lady that came to me in the front of the service, and she said to me she wants to commit suicide, and she wants to kill her children as well. So I was like... 
don't go anywhere. So I took her to the side, and someone else, one of the ladies, joined me. We prayed for her, and she, I, asked, I asked this question, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to take your life? And she couldn't give me the answer, you know, but we prayed for her. God touched her. She was in a hole. She was in a depression and a deep pit. And then she came out of, with some counseling and support, she came out of it. And about a year later, she came to me, again, end of the service, spoke to me, and she said to me, I now know why. What's the answer to your question? Why I wanted to kill myself. And she said, the reason was, I was unthankful. Unthankful. She has a husband. She has kids. She has everything that the single people are dreaming of. But she wanted to kill herself. You know, the power of thanksgiving, the power of perfected praise is like, I am so blessed now. I am now thankful to be alive. I am now blessed for what I have in my life. I am now blessed for all my opportunities. It's a trap of the devil to get us into a space of being unthankful, to compare ourselves to other people and want what they have. And we miss the season. So I so want to encourage you to be, I mean, if you're following God, to be in step with his seasons, to wait when you need to wait. Guys, if it's time to hunt the girl, get up and hunt. Amen. Goodness. I was hunting at 19. I was like, so when it's time, and I had to wait, obviously, in the season, settle back. But when it's time, you need to pursue. And if she really says no, back off. Don't be a stalker. <laughs> okay. So we need to get a key word. I'm saying no, and this is not playing hard. It's no. Okay, so we're just you're going to get that right. Okay, we're going to get that right. But... Uh, when it's time, you need to pursue. Okay, so the fourth principle is the power of partnership. Okay, so Sonica, I was her first boyfriend. She hasn't ever kissed anybody before me. Once, and it was horrible. What? I was finding out everything tonight. You never, you never told me. <laughs> It's okay, I kissed a few too. <laughs> Many more than I did. <laughs> but anyway, so, so um, when we got together, Sonica haven't really been introduced to the physical side of relationships yet. I, I thought I was immune, completely immune. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? No, okay, don't worry. <laughs> She just thought that she'd never, like, be able to, you know, give in to the male, what do you call it? Whatever. She thought she was just going to be strong, and, and then she wasn't so strong when she met me. But, uh, but it was interesting, you know. So, so now both of us want to... Again, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, what are we going to say now is really weird. Granted. But um, when you really have a desire to know God and to know Christ, purity is there in the middle. You just know that if you don't walk in purity, you're not going to know God. You're not going to, the Bible says, 
You know, you're not going to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So our desire for both of us was to know God, and now we're dating, and I, have, I don't have license. You know what I'm talking about? License. I tell the people when I marry them, you don't kiss until I give you license. I know they kiss before the time, but I'm just telling you, now you have license. And I know it sounds, you know, maybe old-fashioned and, oh, you know, and obviously a little kiss is okay, but I know what kissing's about. Kissing is to take you places. And you better have license to go there. Otherwise, it can be a mess. But anyway, so, so we were now dating and um, getting a little bit physical. We didn't have sex before marriage, but we were getting physical. And there were times that I would maybe be emotionally down, and then I'd want comfort, and then we'd lie together on the bed, and then trouble. <laughs> trouble, big, trouble. Big trouble. Big trouble. So, and, and the result is, again, if you have an intimate relationship with Christ... The result of us overstepping some boundaries were that we, you know, guilt comes and condemnation comes and shame comes and disconnect comes from God. I was like, I want to run away from this woman because every, every time I'm close to her, I want to touch her. And I just know every time I touch her, I disconnect with Christ, you know. And, and so it was really challenging for us. So we, we, we really battled in that season before getting married to, to not overstep those boundaries. It was really, really difficult. And um, so I would, we were like, okay, 12 months before marriage, we were like, okay, okay, we just messed up. But 12 months, the next 12 months, we're going to do it right. Purity, 11 months. Okay, the next 11 months, 10 months, ah, 10 months. Yes, we went through these processes of, ah, this is hard. We, we had a million rules, like we wrote it down. This is the rule. Don't do like, it. Like Sunday, Sundays were the worst. I don't know why that, like after church, when it, Sundays were the worst. I mean, there was a season where we just decided, okay, after church, you're going to your place, I'm going to my place. And then I'd cry all the way home because I'm not seeing you. Don't lie down on the bed. <laughs> don't. Don't lie down once. If you're dating, guys, please don't do it. Don't do it. Trouble so is a reason. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was a very difficult season in a sense because we, our purity for us was everything because our connection with God was everything. So even the smallest thing will, will make us feel disconnected from God in terms of a f- physical... Uh, so we, we actually made a commitment that we, we only hold hands, no kissing, nothing. As I said, we broke the rules a few times. But on our wedding day, it was, we had an awesome wedding day. But I remember, and again, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, this will not make sense to you. But I remember I was actually afraid because every time we would kiss, although it was nice or do whatever, it was nice. But every time it's like, ah, something's wrong. It's bad. It doesn't feel good. I was like, dude, you're, re- you're religious. You're really religious. You're weird. You know, um, you need help. And I was afraid that when we get married... I'm still going to feel like that. And I know God's the author of sex. God's the author of, of, of physical intimacy. And so I remember on our, on our wedding day, so now we have a big band for the wedding. We're going to worship Jesus. It's going to be awesome. And then nothing wants to work. Like before the time, nothing wants to work. Now I'm like, yeah, it's your punishment. God 
is now punishing you for overstepping the boundaries. And I tell you, five minutes before the wedding started, everything started to work. And I remember when the song played, Sonic was standing there and the wind was blowing and the, you know, her veil was like horizontally flying and the wind was really strong. So she was there. It was like, shh, yeah. And then when the music started to play, this beautiful, beautiful song, when this music started to play just before she walked in, the presence of God like a wave flooded into that place. I cried. I was like, Jesus, you still love us. <laughs> You know, we had an awesome wedding. God was touching lives. People came to, some, a few people came to Christ because of it. Some people were literally delivered of darkness on their souls in the worship of the, of the wedding day. Uh, and, and it was amazing. But I remember the moment when the pastor said, you are now husband and wife. And he said, now you may kiss the bride. Something changed. Something changed. The moment I kissed her, no guilt no shame, just hallelujah. <laughs> Game on. Game on. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, you know, from, from our wedding night and the honeymoon and being physically intimate, it was like worship. It was beautiful. Really. It was amazing. It was like God's favor and blessing. It was smiling upon the skies proud of you. Yeah, you overstepped some boundaries. I'm proud of you. You tried your best. And now you're blessed. So I, I want to I beg you. Stay pure. I want to beg you. You know, whenever I'm, I, and often I get people that, that are, are dating or something, I go to them and I wave my finger under their noses. You do. Don't mess up. Because I counsel the people that mess up. I counsel the people that get pregnant outside of marriage. I counsel those scenarios. It's a flippin' nightmare. It is so painful. It messes up everything that is beautiful. Wait. And if you failed, if you've messed up, Jesus loves you. And he will wash you clean. And he will restore you. And he'll make something beautiful. But it is really painful. And you don't stay pure. Stay pure. There's something that shifts in the spirit realm. When that, that scripture, Genesis 2.24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Sex is more than physical. It is spiritual. It is emotional. You become one. It is wonderful inside marriage. Honestly. Outside, it's a mess. And if you want to follow Jesus... His way is the best way, I promise you. If you want a great marriage, we've counseled people that um, got married. One time we went to, just quickly share this, we're going to end now. We quickly went to, a, we, there was a couple in our small group, a young couple, 21 years old, married. And uh, marriage was really battling. It was a mess. And we went to them and I prayed, we prayed over them. And as I was praying for them, the Holy Spirit said to me, they overstepped the boundaries physically. I was like, no, man, they look so holy. <laughs> There's no such thing, people, if you've got blood in your veins. And I asked them, did you guys, did you guys, you know, before marriage? And they said, yes, they had sex before marriage, and they married one another. But there was a curse on their relationship. 
And we have to pray with them and break that curse so that it can be a blessing upon their relationship. So there's something that happens that messes up your life. Say amen. Come on. It's time for a new generation to arise. It's hard. It is flipping hard. But it's worth it. It is worth staying pure. And it's worth it even if you haven't been pure to say from now, I'm going to be pure. God's going to bless you. Okay. Amen. So another thing. So anyway, so I was on a 10-year ending off now. We're on a 10-year thing. No women. I say to the Lord, Lord, I will only pursue a woman again when you speak to me. And I was free. I was weird. I know I was weird. This is very weird. But anyway, I was radical. I was Jesus, you and you only. And so it was like three months after that autumn dance, I went to Turkey, a mission trip to Turkey. I had the most incredible experiences with God. I heard the voice of God. I saw visions. I, I, it was incredible. I was in tune with God like I don't know if I've ever been as in tune as then. I went to a, we went to a church camp, and Sonica was there. And in the midst of the church camp, I was worshiping Jesus, and he showed me some really deep, dark thing about, you know, principality, interesting. And then the next moment, I saw a vision of a woman walking downstairs with a beautiful dress on. And in the vision, I, you know, vision is like a mental picture. But you know it's not of you, it's, it's of the Holy Spirit. And in this vision, I, I, I looked up in the picture and I saw Sonica. Walking down these stairs, beautiful gown, sparkly, bluish gown, bluish, greenish gown. And I saw this vision, I sat down, I was like, God, what are you trying to tell me? And then I saw a vision earlier this, the week that I wrote down my little book, and I saw a cord, like a rope, a thick rope, a cord. And the same color the cord was that was the dress of Sonica. That's the dress you had on in the vision. And so I was like, um, what are you trying to tell me? And I felt God say to me that the, 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 the color, there's a little booklet I had about dreams and visions and color. And the color represented the revelation of Christ. And I felt God say to me that he, Jesus Christ, is the cord, the connection between the two of us. And then I felt the Lord say to me, she's the one. So I invited her to, um, to uh, uh, the church formal. We had a church dance. And then I pray, uh, before the time, I said, okay, God, if this is you, if this vision is of you, then Sonica needs to wear the same dress I saw in the vision. Jeez. Angels were running around. Ah! <laughs> Can, uh, let, me, let me share my part here. <laughs> um, I, I was going to wear a black dress. I was going to wear a normal black dress that I was borrowing from a friend. You know, it works in hostel. Everybody borrows from everybody. For those of you who've ever been in a in a, a race, so now I was going to wear this black dress, but in the meantime, my mom actually made me a new dress that I had available, like a, exactly what Andre obviously had in mind, or in, in in his vision. He saw in his vision like a blue, greenish, glittery dress, but I wasn't going to wear that. So now, a couple of days before the dance, my friend came to me, very apologetic, saying, "Sonic, I feel really sorry, but can I have my dress back? <laughs> can I wear the black one?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I have another dress, which means that God 
heard this man's prayer. From the beginning, Andre's prayers worked. Because I wasn't gonna wear I wasn't gonna wear a blue, green, glittery dress. I was gonna wear a black one. And then uh, I don't know. What would you have done then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But so on the night now I pick her up for this formal dance and I'm like the dress, the dress, I'm checking this dress, so I'm like sort of. It's not exactly like in the vision. And I'm like, that's close enough. Eh? <laughs> but so on the 1st of August, 1998, around 22 minutes past 22, 22 minutes past 10 that evening, I set her down. Uh, the- uh, we were dancing. In the middle of the dance, he said to me, we need to go sit. I'm like, you're acting weird. Because remember, this is not my best friend. We're having the time of our lives because I feel so comfortable with him. And now he needs to go sit and talk to me. Okay, fine. So 22 minutes past 10, now he breaks. Now I sit her down. Now, guys, now this is, not, this is what you do not do. <laughs> okay, all the men say this is not what you should do. Thank you. <laughs> so I put her down and I say to her, Sonica, I really feel God has said that you're my wife. Now, we know that number eight's coming. She well, knew. I, I didn't know about I, this word. He didn't know the words. He didn't know about the words. I was... I she, was she, and she wasn't state. like... And we were friends, but she didn't feel like, I want to marry him yet. So she wasn't emotionally in that space yet. But I was really radical those days. I've toned down, you know, and... <laughs> and um, it took her around three months, sort of, to go through a process of warming up emotionally to that space, although she had essentially other words and things that she felt that was the will of God. And we're not saying this is how it should be for anybody else. Guys, this is weird. I know this is weird. Our story is weird. But I know for where I was at, just the faithfulness of God. I said, God, I'm going to be single. I don't want any woman you need to speak to me. And now the beautiful thing is they took photos on the evening. And when the photos came out, the photos were printed. The photo, the color of the dress under the lights was 98% of what I saw in the vision. So isn't that cool? So, you know, so I don't, we don't want you guys to be super spiritual because that's just super spiritual. It's over the top. But I just know that God chose us wanted us to be together, to be a team. And I know that God wants you, you guys and you and your one day to be a team, a beautiful team, a great marriage, a powerful team that impacts for the kingdom of God. You know, what you see now is not what you're going to get. It is by faith. We are not the same people. So, so I want to just encourage you. So the last point is the power of prayer. You know, Sonica has been praying. You can maybe share. I, I prayed for my husband since I was in high school. And I, it was actually quite a committed and a serious, uh, or a serious commitment towards praying for this person that I didn't know. But in, when he was in, I was a year older than he was. <clears throat> I am a year older than he is. <laughs> year and a half. Um, 
So what effectively happened is I prayed for him during his high school years, which was a very vulnerable stage for him because his parents, his parents got divorced. And even though he got involved in wrong friendships and wrong things, are you reading the questions? Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. Even, even, though, even though, don't distract the people. I'm telling you a really good story. <laughs> even though... Um, he, he got involved in many things that, that was destructive. God protected him supernaturally from many things. He could have gotten involved in drugs. And there were many opportunities for him to, to get involved in, in different things, sex before marriage. It, there were many things. And I'm, I'm convinced that my prayers made a difference because I prayed for my husband and God knew who he was. And I just went... I want to I say to you, this is the one thing you can do while you are waiting. You can actively pray for your husband. You can actively pray for your wife because God knows who that person is. So if you so pray, I actually even feel that it connects you to a per, an unknown person. I really believe because you so pray into somebody's life that you haven't met yet. Or maybe you have met him or her, but you just don't know that that is your spouse. So prayer is... It is it's extremely powerful, and it also, um, it's, it's something you can practically do, especially as a girl, because you can't now be the hunter and pursue your, your, um, your husband. Um, but prayer is something that you can practically do and, 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 well, during the waiting period. But you can encourage him every now and again if someone is pursuing you. You can. Just a little hint. It's also okay. But Sonica was like, I'm bringing her red roses. And she's still like, we're friends. It was for my 21st. Don't you bring like gifts for a 21st? Not red roses. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Like, how hard must I hint? <laughs> my goodness. Okay. So there's a few principles. Put the number on if you want to send more, more questions. We're going to quickly go through, through a few questions. Okay. Is it entirely incorrect to go out with someone who is unsaved in the hope they might turn their heart to the Lord, i.e. missionary dating wrong? Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> a better way would be, as our couple here in the front worked, as I, I'm allowed to talk about you guys. So Leone invited Andrew to church. And he was 10 years out of church. He was a Christian when he was younger. Then he turned away from the Lord. And then Leone invited Andrew to church. And then the one morning after the morning service, he was just standing like second, third row from the front, just standing there after the service. And I spoke to him. He had tears in his eyes. And I led him back to Jesus. Woohoo! Woo yes! Awesome. So that's legal. You invite them to church. You let the pastor lead them to Christ. And then after a while later, you may date them. And they are now married. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. So we have just found that in general, like, Especially men. I think men are more difficult than women. I think if a man, if a husband begins to follow Christ, the woman would in general follow as well. In general. Not always, but in general. Um, but if you marry a guy that 
is not following Christ, there's a good, good possibility he will never follow Christ. He might. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's a massive risk you're taking. And I promise you, for us, you know, 80% of the beauty of our relationship is Jesus. Honestly, everything is about Christ. Our prayers together, our value system that is the same, the way we raise our son, is so much dependent upon Jesus, really. But you need to, that's the tough decisions you'll have to make. And I've seen people make the wrong decisions then, and, and, and then the tear, they, 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 there's tears later. So it's hard to wait, but it's worth it. Can I just add something? If you are in a relationship where one of the two is not following God, you will live a compromising life. You will. Because you won't come. Why would you come to church if your boyfriend wants to go fishing or what's something else? You, it, it would actually, practically, if you are really following God, it, even practically, it wouldn't work for you. Hmm. To, to even give it a try, it would be, it would be uh, tiring. It would be difficult. It would, there would be conflict. You would, you, um, you would actually need to compromise to make the relationship work. Hmm. Okay, so forget about even, you know, hoping that you will get saved. You will compromise in that season, big time. Yep. And that is why it's, it's not an option at all. Again, we're talking about a great marriage, huh? Talking about a great marriage. That's the choice you have to That's the choice you have If to you want decide. a great marriage, it's not an option at all. We're not saying uh, you can do what you want to do, okay? Yeah. But we are here to hold a picture before you of what it can be. And a compromised relationship will lead to destruction. It will lead to tears, mm. sadness, yeah. regrets. Yeah. Okay, so what's the one thing that we would wish singles knew that, that we didn't know back then? Okay, I would say one thing was um, lighten up. <laughs> don't be so intense. <laughs> don't, be so, don't be so intense, you know. Actually try and enjoy life. Be secure in God, trust in God. I think that the dating season is a very up and down, very emotional roller coaster ride. And if I could do it over, just lighten up and don't be so serious. I would say it's a, it's a long-term journey. It's not you get married and then everything is just awesome. It's actually a lifelong journey, which means everything doesn't need to be perfect from the beginning, except that you both need to follow Jesus but it's a lifelong journey, and I'm, I'm still discovering that every day. That it's, yeah. You have, yeah. Okay, now the one, how does a person know for sure they are not meant to be married one day? Someone's asked me that before as well. Um, I had a word when I, I felt around the age of 20, I felt God said to me, I heard a voice. I was studying, and I heard a voice say to me, um, you are like the Apostle Paul, and you will never marry so give up marriage. You're called to be celibate for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, God, well, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then later that night, I was at a party. And I would just look at the girls. I'm like, Jesus, never. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is horrible. You know, I went to see some of the church leaders because I was depressed. Uh, I was like, this is terrible. And then my leaders told me, you're deceived. And I said, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm deceived. 
You know, so not everything we hear is God. You need to test it. You need to test it with leaders. You need to test it with people you trust. You know, so, um, so if you feel you're called to be single, I think you'll have a sense of, you have a peace with it. It's like, I'm positive about it. I'm almost excited. I'm like excited about it. I really feel this is the will of God. If you're like really sad, and you're like, no, I want somebody, then you're not called to be celibate. Does it make sense? Okay. It's a very unique calling. I, I really believe this. It's the absolute, absolute exception. If you have a desire to get married, it's not your calling to be celibate. If there's any kind of desire for family and marriage, this is not your calling. Yeah. This is what I believe. Okay, believe. another one. If a person is waiting for confirmation from God, what should they be looking out for? Um, again, about confirmation, as I said, when you are in love with somebody, emotional in love, you can't really trust yourself. You can't. You can't really trust what you hear. I mean, you're going to you know, open the Bible, random... Thou shalt go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And like the Ra is like his name is Radolf. So it's like, yes! It is true! It's the will of God! Extreme example. But I mean, you, you just get weird. You'll, okay, you'll uh, hear uh, anything you want to hear. I want to share another extreme example. There was a, a girl in my small group back in varsity days. She had the CD and the one, the one song was Brother Andrew. She was madly in love with this one guy, Andrew, in, in, in our church. And, um, and then she would put the CD on, on a random. On, on random? Uh, repeat. 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 Oh, random, random, yes, random. Shuffle, shuffle. Shuff, yeah. Okay? And then she says to God, if the song's now going to jump to that song, then she knows that's confirmation. That is not how you look for confirmation. No. Okay? She was completely deceived. Don't. Ultimately, she, she Crazy. Don't do crazy. You can't trust yourself when you're in love. Let's say it, I can't trust myself. You're going to hear what you want to hear, so you can't really look to that. So what you need to do is you need to... Um, look in the natural. Are you connecting? Are you friends? Do you enjoy one another's company? And then you need to ask friends that you trust that are not emotionally involved. What do you think? No, he's, a, he's, a, he's like an axe murderer. He don't. Then listen to them. Okay, so, so confirmation from people around you. Friends you trust. Parents you trust. Um, th those type of things will help. But in general, you can't. That's why I say a no is much clearer than a yes. It's like, uh, uh something's wrong here. I've, I'm losing my peace. Okay, so that's one of the ways it's, to... It's very good to get confirmation before you go into a relationship. Yes. Okay, so if this question is about before you start dating and you're not emotionally involved, it's, it's much easier to, to hear from God. Yeah. Okay, and you need to be directed by your peace. I mean, the word that I received is very, very unique. Uh, please don't look for things like that. I wasn't looking for it. It just came, and God wanted to put us together. God had a specific strategy because I didn't, okay, even after the roses and everything, I didn't pick it up. After the roses. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe I needed shock therapy or something um, because God wanted us to be together. So he worked with us in a very unique way, but the peace of God is ultimately yep, your best confirmation, okay? If you know the peace of God, if you don't know the peace of God, you can't now all of a sudden uh, know if it is peace or not. You need to know that if you know the peace of God, you're in a very good place to, to uh, 
to receive confirmation from God because sometimes it's just peace. Yeah. So also, if this relationship is bad for you, if it's leading you away from Christ, that's a good taste as well. Rather, rather step away what from is, it. What is the fruit of your relationship? Does, does the person inspire you to want to know God better? Does the person actually inspire you to see God or does he demotivate you, he or she? And that is a big confirmation because if yep. the person inspires you, it's a very good sign. Definitely, yes. If he does not inspire you, there's red flags. Yeah. Very important question. Andre, how do you always look so good? <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Another one. How do you know when to walk away if a relationship is failing? Um, again, that's a difficult one. I think some of the things we touched on, like your peace, the, the fruit, of the, spirit, fruit of the relationship, you could sometimes go through a dip in your relationship. It's not necessarily a sign that it's not of God. Sometimes people, before they get married, they go through a massive dip. The, day, the, the engagement time is really, really tough. It's not necessarily a sign. So you need to have peace. This is of God, and then you can go through. That's why marriage is the best. When you're married, you only ask one question. How am I going to make this work? That's it. There's no out. That's just how am I going to make this work? Okay. I think if there's abuse in the relationship before marriage already, something like physical abuse, you need to walk away straight, straight away. Okay, you, you can't even think about it. Um, so it depends on what you mean by a relationship is failing. So we need, you, we need to define that before you can actually say walk away or don't walk away. Because you, like Andre said, you can go through a difficult time. This is where a promise helps a lot. Because you will actually endure through a difficult season because every relationship goes through a difficult season. So it doesn't necessarily mean your relationship is failing. So there, again, you need to to have, in the counsel of many, there's wisdom. So if your friends around you tell you, walk away, you need to listen. But if they tell you, this is a good man, this is a good woman, you need to endure through this thing, then you need to take sound advice from, from other people. Okay, quickly, we're moving on. What are the red flags to watch out for while dating or picking out a life part, lifetime partner? I think some of those things Sonic has shared, red flags, pulling you away from God. If he's got an axe in his closet, run, those type of things. Um, if it's really bad, really destructive, the one person is really breaking you down, then you need to reevaluate. In the end, a good marriage, a good relationship is dependent on on a wholeness of each individual. If the other person is really broken, you need to make sure this is the one. You need to make sure if you were willing to go through this, because they might never change. They might not. So you might ask, are you willing to live with that? Is there such a thing as a soulmate? Uh, I think that is debatable. I don't think it's like there's only like only one I think God can make almost any relationship work if both of them are humble, teachable, willing to follow God. I don't think we need to get weird about it. Um, I think some people might just fit better than others in terms of your value system overlaps better, your passion for God overlaps better, those type of things. But I don't think we should get too weird about it. I mean, Sonic and I, we were like just in in the same friendship group. It, It just really seemed very natural. Okay, uh, is but, but I think if you if you both following God, He can connect you very strongly, in a very unique way. Yes. So then you become soulmates. It's not as if you meet the person and immediately you found your soulmate. It's it doesn't work like that. You actually grow into connecting, 
and then you, div- you, you realize more and more and more, yes, we are soulmates, but it might as well be division and, you know, it, it, your soulmate can quickly turn into, I hate you, if the marriage is not working or the relationship, which means you're, you're not, a soulmate is not the end all and the be all that you're looking for, yeah. because God can make a normal friend you can turn a normal good friend into a soulmate. Yes. If that makes sense. So you, you're not, you're not. This is not your ultimate goal to find your soulmate. Yes. If the, the thing, the, the, the main thing is to be the right person. <clears throat> That's the main thing. It's not about finding the right one. You can find the right one and still be a stuff up on your side, and it'll be a mess up. It's about being. It's always about being the right one. Okay. Can you make a marriage work with anyone? I believe you can. I honestly believe you can. Um, obviously, there might be a few exclusions if the other person is really unteachable, doesn't want to change, is abusive, as we said. But for two normal, good-willed people that want to do what is right, yes, absolutely. When you've made those vows, it can work. It can be beautiful. But it doesn't mean that you settle for anybody. This is not what no. you're saying. It can work, but it doesn't mean just get married to anybody because you're tired of waiting. Okay then you might regret it. But if you honestly really believe that this is your husband or your wife, and maybe you have regrets later, God can make this marriage beautiful. Yeah. Okay, don't just marry anybody. And if there's, if there's any, any sense of a no from God, don't ignore the no, okay? Because we're still in relationship with God. So yes, it can work. After, after the I do's, God can make any marriage flourish. Okay, because you're not in it. You can't, yeah. this, you can't go back. Yeah. However, wh- you, you need to check with God the whole time. I'm very thankful I didn't marry the seven guys. That... Amen. <laughs> Me too. So that the point is, <clears throat> don't put your standards so high that no one can reach it. But also don't drop your standards so low that sort of who the heck, anybody... Don't be that desperate. There's, there's a middle point. And uh, if you're following God, you're going you're gonna to have a sense. Uh, Sonica, did Andre's parents being divorced have an effect on you when you were dating? And Andre, do you believe, God, Son- believe Sonica understands what it is like coming from a divorced family? Um, I don't know how much that really influenced us. I, I didn't have fear, if that is where the question is coming from. I, I for some reason, never had a fear that we're going to divorce. It, it was, uh, the, the whole family setting for me was very interesting because I don't know, like, now you visit one, uh, his parents both live in the same town, a block away from one another, his parent, dad remarried, so the whole setting for me was very uh, weird, you know, um, but uh, it didn't really affect our relationship. It affected our family um, uh, relationship in a sense, but not relationship. I think I just knew that, that God is bigger than this. Yeah. I just knew God is bigger than this. We're going to do it differently by God's grace. And so it was, it was fine. Interesting one for Sonica. <clears throat> After marriage, I don't know who's going to answer. Married, marriage, people tend to lose themselves or let themselves go. What diet tips, exercise tips, or other regimes <laughs> do you do to stay looking so good? Yeah, now I'm blushing. Uh, if you're awesome, you're awesome, eh? That's how it is. Moving on. I no, think but it I is... wanted to answer the question. <laughs> I'm not going to go into diet or anything or lose. Okay. 
But if, if, you, if you feel secure and if you feel loved and if you feel, if your husband make, if he makes you feel beautiful, you will be relaxed around yourself. And um, I wasn't like that. I had many, I had many insecurities, but Andre did so much for me since ever. He's, he's an encourager, so he just always speaks life, and he always speaks, uh, um, he always encourages me to do things I would never consider even, um, I would never think I can do, but he believes that I can, and it's it's a whole, it's it's the whole environment that he creates. It makes me flourishes. It's not about diet or any, it's, I mean, it's really just about a healthy environment in our home that Amen. he creates. Okay. Amen. I think it is easy. A lot of burgonites, yes. I think it's easy to fall in love, become attracted to someone's calling or ministry. How would you suggest keeping a balance between pursuing someone because of who they are versus for their calling? Um, that's an interesting question. Well, I can, I'll answer that one. Uh, uh, when, when, uh, when somebody is, when a guy, I'm talking from a girl's perspective, okay? When a guy is really following Jesus, it's very attractive for a girl because we're looking for a leader. We're looking for a spiritual leader. Even if you don't know it, this is what we're looking for. And we're looking for godliness. We're looking for kindness. We're looking for even if, even if you're non-Christian, this is the things that, that will actually impress you. So if a guy is uh, operating under God's anointing, so he's preaching or he's, 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 um, he's, just, he's, he's just in his field uh, where he is really he's spiritually strong in terms of worship or preaching or doing kids' ministry, he's just, he's just leading in that way. I think it can be very attractive for a girl, so there's nothing wrong to actually notice that. Uh, what we need to realize is a man, um, when he when he s- steps away from the anointing, or I don't know how to... Um, and when he steps when, away from the anointing, he's still awesome. <laughs> Not. No, he's just human. When he steps away from the anointing, he's very human, which means you can't fall in love with the anointing on somebody's life. You must be very careful because that anointing is not, it's, it's a gift from God. It's, it's amazing. It's attractive, but you must see him operate in a, just a real life situation. So you need to separate the, um, you need to separate the man from his calling before you need to know if this is really the man that you, that you get people who are highly anointed, but behind the scenes, it's scary. Yeah, so you need, you need to look at the fruit in their lives, yeah. relational fruit. So we have seen scenarios where people are like gifted in certain areas, but they're not relationally strong, you know? So you need to, you need to evaluate that. Um, there's a question. Okay, we've asked, answered the question about how do you know if a word is from God? Um, we've answered that. How do you keep from becoming disappointed, desperate while still waiting? Um, Thanksgiving is one of the keys. Also to have an eternal perspective. You need to know that this life is short. Do you know in, in, in heaven we're not going to be married? We're not. In heaven we're not going to be male or female. We're male and female because of, of, of genetics. Your spirit, your soul isn't necessarily male or female. Oh, don't quote me on this now, but... You know... Um, but they say you're going to be like angels, and angels are not like male or female, you know. So, so heaven is going to be so different. 
this life is really short. This life is really short, you know, so live full on for God now. Don't sell your soul for, uh, for the wrong things. How do I get over someone I dated for four years? He has stopped loving me, but I can't stop loving him. That's a tough one. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we need to, if it's obviously no longer of God or not of God, you know, you need to actually maybe pray with somebody and just break. Sometimes we can have a soul tie. You're bound to someone on the inside. And it's almost like tormenting you. It's haunting you. You need to then actually pray and break that so you can be free. Because now you're still loving that person, but you need to maybe have your heart now ready for somebody else, the right one. So you can miss out on the right one when you're, when you're connected to somebody else. So I would say pray with someone, just break that, and ask God to, to set you free from that. But, but you need to lead your heart somewhere else. Okay, let me continue. If friendship should be the basis on which relations are developed, does it mean that they, you shouldn't pursue relation friendship when someone if, with someone if they're not saved? Um... I can, I can think that's a difficult one. <clears throat> you see, the challenge is, if you, I've seen this often, you spend time with somebody. When you spend time with somebody, you tend to start to love that person. I don't know if you've, you've picked that up. I've seen it with my friends. You're like one of my friends, he's like, they're friends with another girl. Now, she is a, was a Christian, but because they were spending time the whole time, they just, friends, we're just friends, we're just friends, we get married. You know, um, so, so just know that, you know, if you spend enough time with someone, you're going to start to like them maybe or value them or appreciate them. You, so that's normal. Um, and again, if you're really good friends, it's a great foundation for a marriage. But if not a Christian, bring them to church. I will lead them to Jesus. Okay. I need to go quickly. We're going to end almost the last few. Single ladies are often told to make a list of what they want when they pray for a husband. Is it biblical or necessary if God already knows who you are going to marry? Um, I think it's good to ask, to say to God, Lord, I would like that, and I would like that, and I would like that, but I'm open-minded. Because <laughs> in the end, you don't even know yourself. You don't know what you really like. Sonica wouldn't have chosen me. Because she doesn't really know. She, did, she doesn't know her 15 years down the line what she really likes. You change. My desires have changed. What I like in a woman has changed. You know? So, so make the list. Pray. Bring it before the Lord. But be open-minded. Don't, don't, as I said, the person can change. I think it's more also uh, sometimes the list is good just to get it off your mind. It's like almost sometimes we need, we need to... Put something on paper and pray it through, and then you almost find a sense of peace, if that makes sense. So make your list. I mean, I had a list, and then I, I changed it. I, I changed my list quite a few times. When she met me. <laughs> I changed my list. And then uh, I think the most important thing is not to be so, uh, uh, okay, 19 out of 20 things I've ticked, but there's now this one thing. and I'll be So just be open-minded, but sometimes it's good just to actually... Pray it through, get it off your mind, park it somewhere, and put it somewhere. Give it to and, God. Yeah. Is a spark or attraction important? As you know, when it comes to love, <clears throat> you know, eros love. Eros love is an emotional, hormonal love. You can have that with anybody. 
you, you fall in love, but that makes you dumb and stupid. So they say it takes around at least eight months to have that in love feeling go away so that real love can kick in. In other words, you cannot trust yourself in the first eight months of most relationships. You know, the first week, oh, he's so awesome. This is perfect. There's nothing wrong with him. And everybody else, is like, girl, there's issues. Because you're in love. Love makes you stupid. So you need to be aware that, lo- that, that in love feeling is, 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 is emotional and it will go away. But the beautiful thing is real love, which is a decision. When that kicks in, it stirs the emotional love again. So you can be in love for life. You go through seasons, but you can be in love for life. So I would say, again, the biggest thing is not that he makes your knees go weak. The biggest thing, we're friends. We like to be together. That's what marriage is about. You sit together on the couch and you chat. You don't have that sex that much in marriage. It's not the alpha and omega of marriage. It's a nice cherry on top. Hallelujah. But it's not the alpha. Okay, so attraction, spark. I tell you, relationship, friendship, much more important. And I I promise you, when you, you lead your heart to the spark, you lead your heart to the passion. Agreed? My wife says amen. How do you get over a first love broken heart? I think we touched on that. I think you need to ask the Lord to. I'm almost finished. Last three. Um, pray. And just know that um, God has someone good for you, planned for you. Is a big age gap an issue, like 15 years difference between 34 and 49? Not necessarily. It depends. Um, I think those type of things are not the, the key. Obviously, you need to know that, you know, when you get older um, and the 34 is uh, 54, then the 49 is 69. So it gets interesting when you get really old. <laughs> and 69 is not that old yet. I'm just saying it, it, it can be, get interesting. Can God tell you as the lady the name of your husband? It turns out it's someone you know. Ish. I would be careful. I would be careful. With that, and how do you know if it's a coincidence or God incidence? No idea. Uh, let's stand. I want to pray for us. Thank you for for uh, holding on. Our service is not normally this long, but we wanted to get into some questions, and I hope we stirred a few things on the inside of you. Okay, so I just want to just pray for us. Because this is an important topic. Eh? It's a very much an emotional roller coaster ride. My, my, just to highlight, enjoy life. Be thankful always. Enjoy every season. And do it God's way. That's all we're saying. Do it God's way. You can do whatever you want to do. I, I mean, I, God, even God's not forcing you. But I promise you God's way is the best way. And, and we are a living testimony of that. Hallelujah.